Honey, come on over here, sugar buns. This machine just called me an asshole. Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode of Cult Film Review. I am your host, Cody Everett. This week, uh, what I want you to do is uh, stick your keys in the ignition, right? Turn on some sick tunes, make a little ACDC. Wow. Okay. All right. So you don't want them to listen to the podcast, you want them to listen to ACDC. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And then put their car not into drive. No, I want them to put it in maximum overdrive. (laughs) (laughs) Because that's what we're talking about tonight on Cult Film and Review. (laughs) So let's just start the show. So dumb, but... <laughs> Your Hollywood system stole our sex and co-opted our violence, so there's nothing left for our kinds of movies. <laughs> I did not hit her. It's not true. Clopex. 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 Up yours, baby. Me and Bubba, my little brother, listen to you every night. Where in the hell are we? I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Alright guys, so we're here to talk about Maximum Overdrive. I got the same crew with me as always. I got Chris, I got Mike, and I got Kyle. Yo, yo, yo. And we are going to talk about the 1986 film uh, that Stephen King wrote and directed himself. Good for him. I think it's the only one he's ever done. Yes. Also, also good for him. last, maybe. Yeah. I mean, Maximum Overdrive. I'm pretty sure it's his last. <laughs> Probably. Do you think it was just to get it out of his system? Because why didn't he? Oh, we'll mean? get to that. We'll get to like, that. Get it out of we'll his... figure it out. We'll figure it out. We'll, yeah. we'll dig. We'll dig deep. Well, we'll let's start the show deep. the way we always do. Cody, it's your pick since you're the guest. You can't really ask yourself, so I'm going to ask for you. Why did you pick this movie? Okay, so uh, why did you subject us to this? Yeah, movie? no. So like how you have um, Uncle Ken tapes because you didn't have cable, and this is how you discovered movies. I was going to ask you if this was if you ever came across this at Uncle Ken's tapes. Mm, no, because this is a TBS for me. I remember seeing this like on TBS or or USA. Uh, at one point in, yep. as, as a child mm-hmm. and being like, this is the craziest movie I've ever seen. Like, these trucks are driving themselves. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so uh, I was like, I was like, I don't really know if this is a cult film or not. So that's kind of one of the discussions I want to have. Uh, and because of just the backstory of it a little bit with Stephen King directing himself and all that stuff. So um, I kind of want to talk about that. Okay. Uh, so that was part that was part of it too, uh, and I just re- remember really, really liking this movie as a kid. So now I wanted to go back and revisit it as an adult, and uh, we'll talk about that as we go along. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <right>. Cool. <laughs> I don't want to give my rating away. <laughs> so what's the synopsis? What uh, is this movie? If you this well, this movie is what exactly? Yeah. What right? is it? So what it is is it's based off a, a short story called Trucks uh, that he did in Night Shift, I think, 1. Yeah, 1973 is when he first published it. It was in a magazine and eventually got into that short story compilation. Yeah. 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 But yeah. There's some gems in that one, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, this is when he no one knew his name. Yeah. So we held on to this for a while. Yeah, and then he decided let's make it into, uh, like I think it was supposed to be like a horror comedy. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, so but anyways, basically what it's about is um, it's about uh, Emilio Estevez, Bill, uh, as basically a, a person like on parole working for a real asshole in a, in a gas station when a comet passes Earth, leaving uh, Earth in its tail. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. For eight days, um, which causes uh, machines basically to come alive and start killing people. Yeah. Uh, and... Uh, this starts happening at the gas station with a whole bunch of truckers and stuff like that, and then they get caught in the gas station by by, by vehicles, um, and then they plan their escape and they try to make their escape and make their escape and make their escape. survive. Really, yeah. is what and, it's more and, about. Yeah. And, and <laughs> survival is what it's about. Thank you, Chris. Breaking mm-hmm. it down. Just it's about, it's it about young love surviving yeah, it's through. It's, it's about uh, instincts. <laughs> Catastrophe. Yeah. 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 The so worst. I, no, this movie is not about young love. <laughs> Thank Christ. I can actually say every sure? damn show. But are we sure? Well, oh, they try. No, no, they try to make that connection with it. Like even uh, so, I gotta say that they try to make connections with that with with Emilio Estevez and um, uh, who played Brett, Laura uh, Harrington. Yeah, Herring? yeah. What is it? Harrington. Yeah, yeah. 
So they try to make a love story between those two, but it happens so instantaneously and like there's no chemistry. It yeah. basi- it's very it basically, awkward. Yeah. It's basically like, yo, there's trucks outside. We might die. You won't fuck? Yeah, okay. That's it. <laughs> That's it. That's I don't really know. How I, it I think there was a little more than that. They kind of tried to show that each character was sort of like take like able to take charge of a situation. Like her coming in with like the Bible thumper salesman, like kind of like fighting him off and you know basically being like fuck you and then him kind of rebelling like against his boss and his job you know what i mean so you kind of set up these two characters that eventually like come together wow 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 is this really happening oh apparently we're getting a call <laughs> oh, cool. do we have a guest on the show tonight pay your fucking bills <laughs> <laughs> Podcast goes down immediately. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, anyways, yeah. Uh, no. One of the things I wanted to ask too is: Has anyone, like, does anyone read Stephen King? Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little bit. Little it's bit. one of the first books I read. Okay, so this is kind of like this is also why I have like there's there's a little bit of love for me in this movie, right? So Stephen King is wrote like, my favorite book, but he's also written some of the worst books I've ever fucking read. He's like, like what? He's like Cujo is fucking terrible. <laughs> the book is yes. horrible. Horrible. I never read Cujo. Is it oh as my boring God. as the movie? It's w- way more <laughs> boring than the movie. I hate okay. to say it, but yeah, while we're on that, I, I I recently watched Cujo and thought it was the most boring movie in the whole world. I always thought the movie was not good. <laughs> the book is right. I the book is right there with it. My problem with Stephen King is that like, and, and it's funny because this occurred to me when I, while I was watching this movie because it was like, wow, this just feels like Stephen King. He has the same characters he has the same backstories he has the same situations the same personal conflicts that are happening in all of his books and they basically totally came out on screen whereas like other movies that have been done of his books they have other directors involved and they've kind of tweaked stories and changed character development in some way but this just felt like his book on screen which i don't necessarily think is a bad thing but i don't think it was a good thing either Uh, i don't i don't I don't like his character, the Emilio's character, because he just feels like every other lead male in any Stephen King book. But three feet tall. <laughs> yeah. With uh, boots on. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like most Stephen King's male leads are short. Anyways, I don't know why. I, get I really that got a shining vibe out of this, too, Kyle. I got a little shining. There's a little of a mi- mist in here. There's a little of his book sell. I really felt like there was a little bit of mist in this, though. Yeah. Like people just locked up in a place, and yeah. there's just this danger outside, but really... The it doesn't inside. do it as much. Yeah, but the, the danger is really inside. inside. But the, this film doesn't really do yeah, the, the, that. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. the same, it's no, the it's, same characters guys, over and okay, over. Okay, so anyways, what it is, I'll tell you what it is too. Uh, it's Night of the Living Dead, but with trucks um, instead of zombies. This is one. That's one of his favorite films. I could definitely see that. No, that's what it is. It like, essentially it, is. Yeah. That's essentially what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I think it's also it's like what I was going to refer to is like it's like and you hit it, the, the the nail on the head. Uh, it's a bad Stephen King book. Now the question is: well, wait, ha- wait, have we, to film. Has anyone read the short story? No, though? no. I'm not saying I'm, the short story can be great. What oh, I'm okay. saying is, okay. is like you read a bad Stephen King book, and it plays out exactly like this movie. He's 100 percent correct. Mm-hmm. I gotcha. Like it's all over the place. You're like, what the fuck? But now, does it translate better? Is it more entertaining on film and translate better as a as a as a jumble jumble gem? Depends, I guess is my dep- question. It depends on on, on on who's directing it and who's writing it. I mean, well, honestly, because well, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, like so, so in the in answer to that question in regards to this film, no. But like, when you look at anything that Frank Darabont did for for him, like Gold. Those, those are fucking fantastic Gold. because he tweaked and changed the story and has he basically took what was good and got rid of the extra okay. noise. So I guess let me ask the question: Is is this a cult film? Uh, I think it kind of is, actually. Yeah, I think, I think I so. Think, I think that truck alone makes it a cult mm-hmm. icon. Which pisses me off I, and that you brought that up, because I, I, you would think that would be the truck that would be on the box art of this film, but it's not. And well, I no, because it's a Marvel character. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, yeah that's the okay. Goblin. See, I didn't know that. <laughs> it's actually on the back of... The movie. Okay. Okay. It's a screenshot, so you don't have yeah. to. You don't have to pay as much for that. Yeah. Fuck. That's stupid, <laughs> man. That is like the staple of this film. Yeah. Like, how were they allowed to use it in the film, but not on the cover? Who knows? Uh, times are different. I guess so. Anybody like uh, Stephen King's cameo in the beginning? Oh, I love it. It's, this it's machine it, called it's, me an asshole. It's <laughs> meant to really. It, I know what he was trying to do with it. He it, he meant to do that to like kind of establish like the whole running idea of what the film was going to be about. He kind of does like an M. Night Shyamalan thing with like Lady in the Water. <laughs> I never saw that piece of shit, so. 
Like he kind of like explain, injects please? himself <laughs> into the movie, but he's also kind of like the representation kind of like everything that's going on with it. Like yeah. he establishes himself as, okay, it's me versus this machine, and this machine is calling me an asshole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like we're going to have a conflict, you and me. Oh. And that's essentially what happened at the end. It's like where they appease the the trucks by trying to give them gasoline, and they're like "fuck you," and then they blow them up. That's yeah. where this film just gets jumbled up, really. Okay, because <laughs> that message gets lost as, as far as I'm concerned. Like uh, most Stephen King books, the message yeah. gets <laughs> lost uh, at the end. <laughs> you brought up, you brought, no, yeah, no, he does not know how to end a story. Mm-mm. Nope. Well, he's made a damn good career out of it. I don't know what you guys well, are talking about. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I, I mean. Read the it's original. A, it almost mist sounds ending. like we're all talking shit about Stephen King. But no. I'm going to tell you right no, now. You Carrie know what, no, Carrie is my it, favorite book of all oh, time. Okay, I, I love <laughs> I, lo- I love it. It's fantastic. Okay. His book that he he did uh, four or five years ago, ago called Cell, which w- was probably one of the best takes on some kind of a zombie thing that I've ever read. It's fantastic, and he's got a whole mm. other mess like the 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 whole Tower series he did. S- that Cell, shit's good. But Cell had a terrible ending. What Cell did? I thought Cell had a terrible ending. Really? But, yeah. I liked it. I didn't like it. <laughs> well, but we're talking about maximum overdrive. Cell, cell. You never, you never oh, read that book. I think you guys were talking about the movie, the cell. Yeah, I'm like, no. that, he didn't. He wasn't. There was, there was no the. There was just cell. <laughs> but, but okay, so kind of going back to what I was saying though uh, is a bad. I think a bad Stephen King book translates so much better on film. I am inclined to agree with you. Than it than it does in a book. I, I haven't read this book, but. Whatever the, the book bad. was that turned a into this, story. I think was pretty entertaining. I really don't think that any any of this has anything to do with anything. I think this is just has to do with the fact that they took a guy who they thought was a genius, and he is a writing genius, yeah, and said that'll translate into directing, right? And mm-hmm. it didn't. And it did. It did not. <laughs> <laughs> turned right into gold. So you're saying you like this movie? I, I thought don't you know. were saying you were shitting on it 15 seconds ago. Now all of a sudden you're that's saying... where I'm at with this film, and we're gonna get okay. more into that right after this break. Steve Gaten, Mr. Hendershot. Duncan Keller's had an accident. Oh shit, Ski! What happened to him? He got diesel in his eyes. I'll be damned if I know how. He's at all. Flush his eyes. Leave me alone. Got me some talking to do in here. I gotta wipe everybody's ass around here. Shitty job, but I reckon somebody's gotta do it. He dead right, Bubba. <laughs> no, 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 let me let me get this straight now. Now you want me to work for nine hours and only clock in for eight? Now I know you beat the college boy. So okay, so Stephen King yes. uh, was the director of this movie, uh, and and I don't. How did this movie get made? Anyone know? Yes, I do know how this movie was made. So Dino De Laurentiis, we know him from, he did... Nine oh two one oh. No, Danger Diabolic. Yep. <laughs> He's a famous Italian director. He was a super director in Italy, based, or super producer, I'm sorry, of films in Italy. He's, uh, he has hundreds, hundreds I, of credits. I, 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 like sound, that, I like that title, super you know, director. Yeah. I'm gonna, super I producer, did, I meant. Super okay. producer. Yeah. I'm going to sound stupid asking this. Is there a difference? What do you mean? Between a producer and a super producer? No, like... I'm just using that word because. He's <laughs> oh, okay, because so I didn't know if it was like an official term. Did that? No, he no, no, did no. do I'm just he's a producer more than is... the average this producer. Guy, I would like say. that's what read on his door. Yeah. This guy basically super producer. producer. If you want to know the history, this guy basically <laughs> did hundreds of films in Italy. Became the most well-known producer. Gotcha. And basically, people were, he was like, "I'm moving to America now." He's like a household <laughs> Take all name my money. There. And this is actually one of his. This is actually. One of his first films that he did in the United States, but I think it's his first film. He acquired a company called Embassy Pictures mm-hmm. here, and um, he had just married his, well, he, he passed away, but his last wife, which is Martha De Laurentiis, right? Yeah. And he came up with this idea where he wanted her to be kind of involved in his production movie business. Right. Always a good idea. Right. Movie <laughs> right. It worked out because she, she's still doing it. She's still, she basically owns Hannibal Lecter's name. She did Hannibal. She produced that whole entire TV show. Mm. Like well, good that's that's something he knows. But she, anyway, she produced that. Yeah. Oh, good for her. Yeah, that's she, a fantastic. She's taken show. over his entire empire after he passed away in mm. like I think two thousand nine or something. Anyways, regardless, uh, so he decides. You know what? This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to try to introduce her into this movie making process. But I want it to be like kind of like a no fail thing. So I'm going to acquire some of the stories of what I know as the greatest American novelist at the time, which is Stephen King. Mm-hmm. So he he buys The Dead Zone, Firestarter, Cat's Eye, and Silver Bullet. He makes all those films. Oh, he made he all did, those? Yeah. Oh, he wow. produced wow. all those films. Firestarter was damn good. Yeah. What happened here? 
This is the, oh, this, God. This we'll is the last that. film there's he a, made. There's a, there's <laughs> a, a last lot. film he had. Um, there's a lot that happened. Here. So, anyways, he had made all of these films, and then Stephen King. He, he he was friends. Like Stephen King loved Dino De Laurentiis, and they both loved each other because Dino De Laurentiis just loved storytellers. Yeah. And um, they were got to talking, and then Stephen King was like, "Yo, I was thinking about directing this one." And Dino De Laurentiis just looked at him. He's like, "All right, like go for it." Like didn't even think a second of it. Like, yeah, I'll yeah. just surround him with all of these great because the way he worked was he would just go to other countries and get the best guy from a, a, a different country and then get him for like a kind of like a rock bottom kind of price okay like he would be like i'm gonna get the greatest cinematographer that i know in italy call him up send him out here like he'll work $10. for less than the top guy in america mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. so Just, that's exactly what he did let's get the best sound lost- guy from kenya no, he did this. No, he did this. He would pull guys from different countries and just pull them in here. <laughs> Might have happened, Cody. Yeah. You don't know. He did a lot of movies. You don't know. <laughs> well, who's a great yeah, know a lot of people. costume designer? <laughs> Do we know anyone in Guam? <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. Shut up. So anyways... <laughs> He hires Stephen King to do this, to direct this film, and uh, Stephen King has admitted that he was coked out of his mind when he made this yes. film. Wait, he hires him, or he gives Stephen King money to make this film? Well, he gives Stephen King money to make a film, but Dino De Laurentiis was pretty much, like, he had his hands all over this thing. Okay. He didn't. He basically hired a bunch of people around Stephen King to keep him in line. Right. Namely, his DP. Like, you can't fuck it up that bad. he ends up taking out his eye. Yeah. That guy ends up losing Wait, his eye. Who? who? The DP. The DP. Oh, shit. And, yeah. and ends up suing them. So the DP was kind of in charge of keeping Stephen King in line because they knew that Stephen King was kind of out of his mind a little bit. <laughs> and they knew he wasn't really good at. They didn't know he wasn't a tested director. Yeah. So yeah. They, they hired this guy. The only problem is the DP was from Italy. He didn't speak any English. So they barely could communicate. Uh huh. This plan is just falling apart. Well, uh, Good for the DP, because I think he did a great job. Well, he did a good job until he lost his eye. (laughs) (laughs) He was, and the way that happened was they were doing a, it's a lawnmower scene, right? The perspective was all all off after he lost his eye. They were doing a close-up shot of this this, this, uh, lawnmower, right? Yeah. And the DP's like, yo, we gotta take the blades out of this thing. And Stephen King is like, being the horror guy that he is, is like, no, it's scary, blades are scary, keep this. (laughs) Keep the blades in there. Don't oh even see God. the blades. Right, and he's just like, we don't see it. That's exactly what he said. We don't even see the blades. He's like, no, 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 we have them in there. So anyways, they, the, all, everything on the set was remote control, right? The cars, the yeah. trucks, everything was like, so this thing wouldn't start. So they do it one time, they do it a second time, they do it a third time, and this thing starts coming at the camera, gets stuck on this wooden plank that they had the camera propped up on. It's split in half. Flew right into this guy's oh, eye. Jesus, there was like blood everywhere. They take him to <laughs> oh the hospital, and surprisingly enough, after two days, he comes back to finish the film, thinking that his eye was going to heal. Uh-huh. It never does. He has he he looks like a pirate for the rest of his career, <laughs> and he actually lost a ton of work because I mean there was nothing more fitting. Yeah, I mean, no. other than a surgeon losing his hands. A, DP a cinematographer losing his, losing his eye <laughs> is like this weird poetic thing. But that I don't happens. think I don't, no one wanted to hire him for a while. That's kind of bullshit, though, because well, I don't, he sued I don't him for think, eighteen million dollars. Yeah, good, good for him <laughs> well, because he, I don't think that should cut you out of work because your eye is what you're what you're seeing. I know like your brain is interpreting. Well, what they the were they were worried see. about. I guess I guess the argument was that his depth perception would be off. Yeah, and they thought that maybe it wasn't gonna. But he uh, he went on and he did, he did get work. Okay, he good. continued to do and eighteen million. Well, no, he, he, they he settled, settled out of court, but oh, okay. yeah, that Stephen King was probably having a, like an orgasm at that moment. He's probably like, "Yeah, the real horror." He this was, is well, how he was it really coked happens. out. Apparently, according to him, he was coked out of his mind. Yes. And at least one other person on the set said he would start the day with three beers and end with ten. Party animal, dude. Yeah, he was nuts. He was in that's maximum overdrive shoot, the whole time. That's how yeah. you shoot a movie. <laughs> that's how you. I, I want to shoot a movie like that, right? And get this good of a movie out of it. <laughs> It's a miracle this oh thing God. got made. Yeah, yeah, no shit. Like cocaine is not like I don't feel like you get more creative with cocaine. Really? I think I think they got uh, creative. I feel with like the I feel like you start making is... quick. You make you start making quick decisions that uh, that aren't aren't good. It worked for Wall Street. <laughs> <laughs> you want that quick? Yeah. Don't think about the Instincts. consequences. Just go, go, Instincts. go. Yeah. Buy, 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 sell. <laughs> so, what did you guys think about the soundtrack? 
ACDC? I mean, do you like ACDC? <laughs> yeah, I that's do. pretty much the only then question. the answer is yes, then, I guess. <laughs> I like the fact that, like, in the, I think it was, like, the opening scene, like, the ACDC van gets, like, all smashed Dude, up. Dude, that opening scene's pretty badass. It's awesome. It is. <laughs> it's pretty badass. And then the whole soundtrack is ACDC. The, the, that lady flying through the window of the it's, car. Oh, look good. It was so ridiculous. Is, is on par with the... Uh, the werewolf in London. That opening scene was so oh, yeah. ridiculous. I'm I sorry. loved it. I, it's just so st- over the top and stupid. Just what else could they throw at it? Which is exactly, <laughs> I think, exactly what I said about that last scene, American Werewolf. Like, it's just like it's just throwing more and more bullshit at, Dude, at you as quickly. You know as what possible. I thought? You know what I thought though? I was like, like the whole watermelon. Did thing? this inspire? Oh, like, did this inspire Final Destination in some way? Maybe. Why? It, it could have. I definitely got a Final Destination vibe when I saw some of these scenes playing out. Well, that's that, that's a, that's another like weird thing. Does it? I, I almost feel like they shot this movie in fucking order. Like you think they went chronologically? Yes. I mean, it's possible. I almost feel that way, and the reason I say that is because, like, the rules of the uh, machines that get. Like possessed, we'll say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, gets looser and looser and looser <laughs> yeah. and looser. Yeah, as the film goes on, I couldn't figure out. Okay, so okay, I'll I'll accept the fact that a comet passed by, and in its tail there was some kind of radiation thing. That's fine and well, and these machines are kind of coming to life. Why do they have an agenda? Like that's the whole thing. Like, <laughs> well, so, why no, would they have an that's agenda? Explained, that's explained. He does at the explain end. it. Oh, explain at the very end, the last fucking scene you see. It explains why yeah. it has it. Like uh, <laughs> in text, mind you. So it's almost <laughs> yeah. as if they added it after the fact when they realized I think that this makes no case. fucking sense. <laughs> I think this goes to your argument, Cody. So that maybe they did this linearly because it's yes. like maybe they got through the film. They were like, wait, why did? Why do we do all this shit? Yeah, why yeah. are the Why are the trucks Just, specifically you know targeting I wrote, humans? I wrote it on page fifty six. I think he doesn't short know story. how to end a story. This is what I'm telling you. Yeah, he did the same thing with the mist. It's if a fucking saw... it's a fucking prologue well, at the end mean, of the he, movie that explains like, oh, this is why you're supposed to believe everything you just saw. Like, <laughs> fuck you. No, he he did the same thing with the mist. If you read the the the, the mist short story, oh, you mean the original? Yeah, gotcha. if you read the the mist short story, it, it, it ends so terribly. And then Frank Darabont came and just was like, here you go, poop, magic ending. I, yeah, I, I think that was. I think that is the secret to great Stephen. K- I, not all of his great films are done by. A people that aren't horror directors—that's a weird thing. Like well, The Shining, not, not, great not, well, well, John Carpenter did Christine. Not all of his, not all of his great films are horror films. Really. No, no, they're not. But I mean, The Mist is to some extent. I have a question about the agenda thing you were just discussing. Yeah. So, it, so we're assuming that the vehicles or the machinery does have an agenda. They do. Okay, is it? What is it? It's to thin out the herd for the aliens to come and basically take. Okay, over. so oh, there's aliens. Yeah, they oh, yeah, oh, Okay, so why? Emilio so he, talks about it in halfway through. Oh, the here's that makes my so question. Much more sense. No, these, it doesn't. These 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 trucks are just like running shit no. down. They're like you know going down ditches after people, like all this stuff. Yeah. Why do they not just bulldoze the fucking well, building? Well, no, yeah, they, like no. from the get go. Because like, they need them. For yeah. fuel, but see that's the thing that, that doesn't was like make any later sense to on. Me that was like later oh. on that they're yeah, like, they oh, we already, need fuel all of a sudden. They're like, let's beep, corral beep, beep, these beep, people beep. in here because we might no need them later. Like this, this, this story's getting stupider as we talk it about keeps, it. <laughs> it keeps on going. <laughs> no, but it, like I'm going to even add to it because it keeps on going. How come cars aren't affected? <laughs> oh, just truck. <laughs> wait, wait. It's why? like tr- it's everything else but cars. Everything, <laughs> lawnmowers. Well, it's because they don't soda machine. Obviously, because they don't run on diesel. Yeah. I Some of the machines don't run on diesel. Oh, yeah. maybe not nowadays, <laughs> but in the 80s, either. let me tell you. <laughs> Speaking of soda machines, best death in the movie right there. That was a really cool the scene. fucking soda, the soda little wound oh, yeah. on his head. Yeah, yeah I, I just love how it's like... Sorry, Mike, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. Go I, on. I just love how it's firing off at the kids, and they're like running and tumbling. Yeah, they're getting just knocked down <laughs> oh, by that, it. That's one of my favorite. That's one. So This thing does have gem, uh, gems of scenes. It like, does, yeah. That's pretty Any badass. scene that's not at the gas station is gems of scenes. Which oh, no, is like three quarters of the film. Because <laughs> <laughs> very rarely anything that's not at that gas station. Yeah. I disagree. I think it was split up pretty nicely. What do you Between mean? Between the no. kids' story, the couple's story, getting to the gas station, no, what's going on that. at the but gas I mean, station. The, the, re- the real meat of the story is going on in the gas station. Yeah. But the problem with it, and this is where it differs from The Mist, so much of The Mist is all about the interactions of the people within that building. And this, they just kind of glance over it like a little bit like... Yeah. That's that's the problem with this movie. Like that's why I want to play the remake game at the end of this this episode is because Fuck. this 
Yeah, this no, movie no. has so much effing potential if they would have put kind of rules to the universe. And you had 900 people in that thing to kill, and you kill three? What do you mean? What thing? In, in, the, in the gas station. You had like there's like twelve survivors, guys. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, there's the like twenty four all... people in that thing. <laughs> like, no, like, three people literally die. It's, I think it's like three or four. There's really not right. that many people. Like, oh, that's not true. There's there was more a lot that. more. There's a lot of more opportunities for kills. They could have got way more creative with the kills because of of how loose the rules were being. Uh, which is surprising because it's like, okay, you should be the most creative guy with kills because you're Stephen King. Yeah, it's but like, you went you went pretty soft. And I'm not saying that... No, I agree. For as little kills as there were of human beings, there was a lot of explosions and cars flipping and like things like that going on like that so I feel it, like it, made up for that. Uh, maybe maybe they maybe hmm. they took some of the special effects budget and they just put it more into explosions. It, it the stunts, a, man. It is a car it, it is a car movie essentially. Yeah. Stephen you know? King. Like, yeah. I mean think about Christine. I mean think about the deaths in Christine. They're all the, the fucking same. And I was satisfied I was satisfied with like when the machine gun was blasting off and just like annihilating people. I was like that looks no, pretty which, good. Which that that, <laughs> no, that mind you, made, made, made absolutely no Goddamn sense whatsoever. Yeah. It was but just another, okay. that's yeah. another that's how element the, the rules there. Got, sure, but no, like because I I especially saw in the uh, the the when they're actually pumping the gas and all that stuff. Um, there's so much potential in those scenes and just like of the communication between them and the machines and stuff like that. You actually see the, the, it's oddly enough the trucks have more character than the real people. Bit. And I don't know if that was I don't feel like that was done on purpose, but it, it should have been. Maybe I have a question. In terms of motivation, why the hell did they feed the trucks the gasoline? Because they were going to get shot otherwise. <laughs> but the yeah, 50 but, but, that goes but, completely but, out the window later on. They're but, just like, let's take, you know. Yeah, like, but but it, 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 it didn't kill that many people when the machine gun was going yeah, off. Yeah, it did. It was and like they, four and, or five people. Okay, you Only because a waitress Hold walked a out. <laughs> they, they had an, enough, gu- enough guns to completely arm an entire army in the base. Yeah, bazooka. Why are they? Why are they like, oh no, there's a machine gun now Love here. that, like, by the way. Let's just fucking blow it up. We have grenades and everything. Like I, I agree with you, Mike. There's no reason it's for just, them to fill the It made no trucks. sense for them to appease these trucks. And then all, to, to what end? Until they ran out of gasoline, and they realized, like, oh, now we got to get more. And then they go to kind of get more, and then they say, you know what? We should just, like, try to blow them up now. That's, Let's just blow them up now. That's, the, yeah. that's like, the, the the great Amelia, the worst acting in the movie is Emilio uh, when, he, <laughs> when he's, like, pumping the gas, and he's just so tired. Yeah, putting the gas in the big the big hose into the, <laughs> the ground. He's so tired. <laughs> he barely do it. It's so I don't that's how he's acting in the movie, too. He's like, oh. I got it. Even this, little... film, this film comes right after Repo Man. I think he did Repo Man right right during this or something. 1986, I think, yeah. was Repo Man. Because also. from what I've read, the way they even got Emilio Estevez was because Martin Sheen was in, uh, he was in, uh, I think, Silver Bullet? What was it? No, Dead Zone. He was in Dead Zone. So they knew him. They're like, yo, you, you think your son wants to do this? He's in a hot movie right now. And he's like, yeah, he'll do it. <laughs> Awesome, but he he's horrible in this, and he's so good in Repo Man. Yeah, he's really bad uh, in this. The, the I'm sick. so glad this is coming up because uh, I was gonna I was gonna bring this up that anybody here who liked this movie but didn't like Repo Man is crazy. Because oh, oh don't 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 worry, like I, I'm envisioning similar ratings. From <laughs> okay, <me. laughs> I'm I'm getting that vibe. I'm getting that vibe for sure, and it's ma- all making sense. The now, saving, <laughs> the saving. Maybe uh, I just hate, truly hate Emilio. That's what it comes <laughs> that's down the to. The problem, he'll never win with you. <laughs> the saving actor in this movie, it, to me, ducks. the saving actor in this movie to my me is 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 Pat Hingle. Uh, who plays Bubba? Oh yeah, he's great. The boss. Mm, yeah. Holy crap! I love dude, him. Is he fantastic? No, my... and and he has like the most conflict with people. I and like he him. Has the most. I feel like well, not character development, but he's definitely the 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 bad guy actually yeah. in the film. I feel like he always kind of plays that same character. Yeah, though. but he does but it really well. Great. He's great. Yeah, he he his presence on screen. And who doesn't want? I mean, this is why I love Terminator Two because of the hidden underground gun layer. This yeah. one has one too, and I was yep. very happy to see that. I was like, "Oh yeah, dude! Yeah. Arsenal down in the basement." God, I can't wait to get like a new house and have, a- <laughs> and have that <laughs> recreate just, that. just full of airsoft guns. Did you just, did you just recreate the cellar uh, <laughs> of maximum overdrive, dude? How'd you? Yeah, know? dude, if you go out back, I got the cellar from T two down there too. <laughs> yep. So it's got a little. There cellars. are adjoining doors, but I want you to enter them like you do in the movies. You have to pull, yeah, you have to pull that giant board. I'm out really of the way. big into cellar, cellar recreation. <laughs> <laughs> like a cellar artillery. 
You're like this old house, but for sellers. It's like cosplay, but for sellers. My next one one I'm doing is, uh, uh, you know, uh, the lotion on the skin. I'm going to do the panic room for the movie Panic Room next. Um, Really trying to capture that that sense of fear. (laughs) A sense of isolation. I'll tell you who saved this film for me is a Yearly Smith. Oh, she's... Why is she not in the movie more? What? Why isn't she? I think that because she, she, she was a nobody. She's got she a great this. voice. Is that is that just me? Well, that, what's strange about this? Because right, okay, so there's a line that Brett says in this. Yeah, she says, "Eat my shorts," and I'm like, "Oh, from The Simpsons." Yeah, and then a year from this, that's when your your Lisa becomes Lisa. Yeah, like this was before wow. The Simpsons, so like it leads me to believe that like she's Stephen like, King wrote for The Simpsons. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, or maybe like she was just like maybe somebody was like, "Yo, what do you think Bart's like voice should be?" And she was just like, "Look, I was on this movie. I didn't really like it, but you should say eat my, eat my shorts." shorts. <laughs> Here's the question: Was "eat my shorts" a popular saying at this time? Because very I was, popular. I mean, I was too young. To I'm remember. more inclined. You're talking about you like that. In your 50s. It was like something, some slang that was popular. very young. Coming back. Yeah, that she's no, coming back. I'm like, Mike. I got Benjamin Button thing. I go backwards. <laughs> I had Alzheimer's during this time. She's she's so now I'm 50. Okay, I'm moving to 30. Oh, <laughs> she's great, but you got to realize, like, she disappears in the middle of the film. And oh, then she certainly does. She's like in the beginning with her part when her part kind of kicks in. Yeah, and then like they end up at um, the gas station, and then Curtis kind of goes on adventures with with um, Emilio, Emilio, and yeah, they don't really. Pop, she doesn't really pop up back up until she's climbing into the fucking sewer to, to escape. And can I just say something? I want to say something too. Missed opportunity with Curtis not dying. Why? I just kind of felt like that's why it needs a remake. I'm telling you, that could have that could have brought so much to the story. Yeah, if this hero who got this guy that's consistently trying to be this nice guy, this hero, and all these tough guys are in the room and they won't fucking do anything, if this guy doesn't end up dying in some way, it kind of like that's basically that's that basically what what ended up this. happening in the mist. That whole scene, yeah. like. That whole scene in the beginning when they're like they get the they get the kid the young the young skinny kid to like go outside and like fix the generator or whatever and it's like, like all these grown King. men won't go do it they're too fucking scared he's trigger so shy that's exactly what would have happened it would have it would have been a better film yeah I there needed more there, there needed more this movie needed a little bit more humanity a little more conflict I think you his. got that though through the kid when he finds out that his dad died yeah. dude that that's scene where that comes and from. goes it like does. that it's a fucking blink he like, does well look where's my dad he's oh he died yeah, oh you're, you're real focus. nice and then all right moving on yeah New subject they go right they go right past that yeah they totally well, breeze past that you know it was the he's he's kind of like the Michael Bay of authors who get to make their own movies <laughs> what does that even mean because he goes for like the it's weird it's like what? He, it's weird because he goes for the explosions. Think about it. Like no, I I understand what you mean by that. Yeah, yeah. He goes for the explosions. Like suffers, lets the character suffer, and goes for the action. Mm-hmm. Goes uh, for the horror and the action. I feel like it's that... so weird. It's just so as a writer, it weird it's very to me weird as a that writer he that, that, that he would do that. Yeah, kind of like no, I don't think it's he weird. He focuses on spectacle over like content. Oh, I take that. That's back. what I feel like. This I don't film think is it's about. weird for you to feel that way. That's what I mean. Oh, okay, yeah. No, I do think it's weird for him to do that because, yeah, why would you take your own source material that you fucking slaved over and ru- and poured everything into writing, and then when he had a chance to make it, like, oh, you know what, my story was missing. More bullshit. Because maybe he didn't. He didn't slave himself over it. Maybe he was like. I feel like everything. Maybe he writes. Is... Maybe because you pour yourself so much into your writing and your that that aspect of of your creativity that when you get a chance to do a movie, you're like, I just want to blow shit up. Well, also like, I want to make a cool. Let's movie. also keep in mind that he wrote this short story like well over over a decade before he even made this film. So who who knows how connected he was still to it? Yeah. Well, that's the know? thing too. Is like I think. He did make a, a, a fun movie, though. I think that's what you get as the byproduct out of it, because by focusing on like the kills uh, and the, at least the, I want to say the kills he cares about, by focusing on the kills because there's some that are just so bullshit. Yeah, uh, and, and focusing on the action, I think you get. Um, that's what kind of is the saving grace of this movie. It's like cool. You can like I just want to focus on the trucks killing people. Mm-hmm. Like fuck it, I'm on board because that's what you're focusing on. Like that's mm-hmm. what I got. I'd be it's curious like, to read the original the original <laughs> short, short story and see see how much is different from this. Yeah. Well, because I feel like the trucks, like I said before, are like a characters within themselves, and those are one of the like I don't want to say I care about the trucks more, 
but I cared about what the trucks kind of destruction they were going to bring and how how they were going to kill people more. Like that's what I cared about, and I think he knew that in a way. He just didn't know maybe how to translate that the most successful way. Did he could. write the the screenplay? I'm yeah, sure. He adapted the screenplay. He wrote he wrote the short story, adapted it to the screen, hmm. and then directed it. Because if you that's look- I feel like that might have been the the point of of fuck up on his part. <laughs> like he should have he should have had somebody do a f- first draft of the screenplay like with their own perspective like on how his story is written and then he could have like polished that up you know what i mean mm-hmm. does that make sense Cause i mean it's possible yeah i mean it could i think i feel like it would have been a better film <laughs> if he had done that another reason i think this film was shot in order i don't think it was shot in order because, because the whole the only thing i'm going to disagree with you is the whole last half of the film doesn't look all um out of perspective and the guy didn't have an eye at that point so because well, no the whole end of the film is is models what do you mean? The explosion of the gas station and all that stuff. It's all models. Yeah, I was wondering about that because it did look kind of unnatural. It's yeah, like... it's very unnatural. Look at it. It's all <laughs> models. But it looked cool. I think that even for it being models, it had a pretty... I mean, I was into it. And, and here's it the... looked cool. And here's here's the thing, too. I was thinking why about... Would that in... Why would that make you think no, you're that's not. Order? I was trying to make my point, and then you called me out on that, so I had to prove that. <laughs> uh, no, because the reason I think they shot it in order is because if you look, take a look at the kills, too... The kills are way more creative in the beginning, and I feel like way more energetic. And then as you get to the end of the film, the kills get less, and they get less energetic, and they get kind of weaker, right? Because the opening of the film, you get like the you get the fucking soda machine that like kills the the coach, then the kid gets ran over by the steamroller. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, I the, forgot they did that. Yeah, the the lawnmower, and then that's when you first see the ice cream truck, where it's like, oh, you knew that thing lured some kids out and ran <laughs> it over. Like mm-hmm. you knew it did. You know what I mean? You it had definitely has like a darker feel in the beginning of the film, and then as it goes on, you get like the lame kill on the uh, the the Bible salesman who just gets yeah they thrown into a ditch, showing a lot less yeah. too. Like they, well, they cut away from a lot of stuff. They and... had actually planned. There's actually they they never made it, but they had planned an extra scene where uh, the final battle was supposed to be between them and a boat with the machine gun propped up on this uh, boat, and the boat was at it like it was under control. Yeah, and they had to take out this boat. That was supposed to be like the final scene, yeah, but they, I, they took it out for whatever reason. I don't know if budget <laughs> reasons or whatever. Yeah, but like that, you know what I mean? It's it's like I saw so much creativity in, in the very beginning of the film with the lawnmower coming alive and wonder, chasing after him. I I see I see where you're coming from on that, but I wonder if some of the reason why there's more creativity in the beginning versus the end of the film it has more to do with like um, the writing of it in general. I think like the front end of the film is is more interesting and there's more dread and terror because there's not a lot of like uh there's not a lot of explanation as to why anything's happening you know so it's it's more it's more of a mystery but when you start i mean this is the same this this is this i'm gonna bring a point this is the same thing i hate about most haunt like haunted house films or anything like that and i think i've said this on the show before is that as soon as you give like as soon as you identify that that the bad guy or the entity or something has some kind of agenda, you give it human per, you give it give him human characteristics. And he's no longer as scary, yeah, as no, he once was. Like, and that's what happened is that is that Green Goblin truck suddenly is like, oh, he's obviously the ringleader. Oh, they need gas, so like now they're 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 portraying almost a weakness to these to these to these creatures and the and it's just not as it's just not as impactful anymore. I think it. Uh... I think it has more to do with that they wanted to move away from like the creative kills of the people once again onto more of the stunts and action. Like mm-hmm. I think they split it up. I think yeah. it was like the beginning you got your horror like killer, you know, cars like like people laying dead in the streets and in their front yards and shit like that. And then all of a sudden like at, towards the end they're like now we got to blow some cars up and some buildings. You and know what? Like, this just this just this just sparked some some kind of again. I I haven't read the short story, but. Part of me wants is now wondering, at what point in the film does the short story end, and does the script that he wrote continue? You know what I mean? Like I feel like the reason the front half of the film is more terrifying and more interesting is because that might be more closer to the original short story, and the back half with the human, the people, the people stuck inside is stuff that he created for the film. Because it is a short story, so I. You can't... Funny that we're doing this because I remember when we did Return Oz, you all shat on me. 
for what? talking about the book, but now we wish we had listened. To the <laughs> no, I'm not talking about. I, you were talking about the book because you read the book, and you're like, "Well, right, but this I is how the feel book like goes." It would have been nice to have I read haven't the read the story. book, so I'm just making an assumption yeah. here. But it's making me start to think about that's why the front half seems so much more interesting and more so much more <laughs> terrifying is because it was already a book that he worked on over time and polished. Would whereas, you- like this script could have been like. Something I can't. Can I not finish my sta- my statement? Chris? Go ahead. We're just deciding who's going next. Yeah, right. you you can both go at the same time. <laughs> How how's that gonna be? How's that gonna work? I'll just mute you both, and me and me and Mike will have a nice nice pleasant conversation. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'd like to hear what Chris has to. What if what if what if you found out that the back half was actually the story, and the front half was added? Well, just it will just cement the fact that I think uh, Stephen King is an okay writer. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Either way, I'm winning, Chris. In this, so uh, in a way, do you I'm think? Right. Do you think that? I, okay, so this is a, the, here's where here's where I'm at with it. Do it. I, okay, I think I've figured it out, though. I'm S- glad you gave that really it. long explanation when I figured it out. Um, <laughs> I think it has to do with two things. I'm breaking this down. Two things. First thing is setting, right? Okay. The, <clears throat> when you trap people in a singular setting, like they did for the majority of the movie. You better have a pretty good talky film with some character development and stuff like that, like Night of the Living Dead, for example, because that's going to be your driving force of the film, mm-hmm. right? Whereas in the setting of the beginning of the film is wide open, man. It's a kid, and like anything can come out of anywhere. You know what I mean? This when they're trapped in a central location, you know where the threat is. So that's 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 the weakest point. <laughs> no, I'm saying I'm saying where what happened was is he was like was coked out of his mind and kind of for, for, forgot to focus on the character part when he was in there. It was just like, let's blow shit up! It, you know, <laughs> let's blow it the fuck up! You know, <laughs> interesting thing that you mentioned this because the story after this film was wrapped, apparently, was that Stephen King took the entire cast to a theater. He bought out a theater and he watched his two favorite movies and did commentary for both of them. And the two favorite movies he had was Godzilla and Night of the Living Dead. Okay. So... I kind of feel like this film, maybe he was trying to capture both those things, like the big destruction that was Godzilla, mm-hmm. and then like let's put everybody in a room Get the and monsters, do the Night of the, the Living Dead The monsters are the ones trapped inside. Right, yeah. Yeah. but you know what? They made a film, and it was called Cloverfield. That would be later perfected. The monster was inside, that. though. Bubba well, was that, the that, monster That's inside. all Stephen King's. That's, all, that's, a, that's a running theme of Stephen King. The monsters are the humans, and the monsters outside are just... They're what they are. But the the true monsters are always inside. They're the humans around you. All right. So he always describes that the the neighbor next door or something. He has something. He has some kind of weird obsession with the person next door is more of a monster than the person. I mean, that some yeah, creature I mean, you could ever invent. You know. Let's take a break, and when we come back, we'll get your final thoughts on the movie. Then we'll rate this, and then we'll remake it. Okay. Good luck. Sorry guys. It's fun while it lasts, but we're all out. <laughs> so does anyone have any uh, final thoughts? Maybe something we didn't talk about that they want to hit on the film at all? Anyone? Bueller? I thought the... <laughs> Bueller. I thought the dialogue was hilarious and it made me want to go back and watch it to like no. pick up on the dialogue more because like they had some pretty funny one liners. Yeah. yeah. Bubba. He had the one liners. Mm-hmm. Um I actually uh I don't think we, I really like the kills. I would I have to say my favorite death. Uh I don't know because if we said favorite deaths. I said mine was the soda machine. Soda machine? Yeah. That's what he said. What are you? I don't know yet. I don't know. You don't know? Not really. It's a great podcast right Sorry, here. I hadn't thought of it <laughs> until you just said it right now. I hadn't thought about it. What your favorite kill would be? Yeah, I didn't really, I didn't, I don't know. Kyle? Soda Machine. Soda Machine? Yeah. I'll say it again if you'd like. <laughs> no, wait, I know what it is. still need to kill time. My yeah. favorite scene is, <laughs> I can keep saying is it. the waitress coming out and being like, we make yes! you! And then she oh just gun down as you knew she would. I like when she, she was comes asking up. for it earlier. She was. Yeah, no, she when she comes out the first time and she does like the crazy body movie. Yeah. She's got like that, she's like, like, I don't know what that is. Like yeah, MC we, Hammer stance. Yeah. She's like, we made you! We made you! Yeah. You can't do it! Did anybody feel like that scene was like, 
Stephen or Stephen King saying like now this is the part where we we say something a commentary about the United States of America. <laughs> These trucks they're made in the USA. They're stamped with all of them and then she comes out and she says we made you. And I hope she's killed. I that scene happens know. twice and then essentially, it fails though. completely. Yeah, it does happen yeah. twice. <laughs> like if they're they like, did you it didn't once, quite okay. nail it the first time. <laughs> Maybe give it a little bit more. Yeah. It seemed like he was trying to do to, to take it to a serious tone. I wonder, man, or, or or that was just that was just a uh, creative decision made by that actress. Improv. She's like, you know what, my character would have been upset by the fact that I made that we made these things and they're attacking us. He's like, maybe she ain't, man, and maybe he was up. so coked out. He's her? just like, yeah, <laughs> you know what? Her? Let's just try it. We'll keep it. It's fine. <laughs> Is it confirmed that he was right? coked out this whole time? Yeah, okay, he said good. Because we it. keep because we've said it a lot, so no, I want to make it. sure that it's okay. Oh. Yeah. Did anyone else, did anyone else cringe like real hard when that uh, the turkey cutter went into the waitress's arm? Because that made me cringe yeah. really yeah. hard. I that, was that was a good, was a good one. Yeah, yeah, that Honestly, one got me. No, nothing in this movie made me cringe. Really? <laughs> no, not and, even the and acting. With that, let's no. go to ratings. Like, like all of the, all of the all of the deaths, all of the stuff reminded me of a trauma film, where it was like so like really uh, over the top and splatty. No, like Cody loves I wouldn't it. go that far. And I was kind of yeah, like, I wouldn't go that far either. Really? You didn't think like when you get hit when people get hit by cars and explode? They were really splatty. Yeah, the that hits would were happen, really yeah. splatty. Get hit by a semi and tell me you don't explode. <laughs> I don't. I don't think you would explode into a puddle of blood. No. I don't think you explode like <laughs> a water know. balloon. I don't know. It's another explosion. Okay? Depends on how fast it's going. Yeah. A lot of science in this that yeah, I would like yeah, to no. break down to you, but I don't have yeah. the time I don't, to teach okay, you okay. science. Okay, Neil deGrasse Tyson. <laughs> okay. Remember this that. This is a science show, Mike. Yeah, this is a science show. It's for another show. All right. So let's rate this. Uh, let's go ahead and put it in a park. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Let it idle for a while and let's sure. rate this. Um, Just waiting for gas. We're going to rate it. Green Goblin <laughs> trucks. <laughs> Just waiting for hot air here. Let's see what you got. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna rate it Green Goblin trucks. So let's start with Mike. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna give this two Green Goblin trucks. More than I thought he was gonna give it. You know what? I don't think this film is that bad. Like everybody talks about this film being so so bad, but honestly, I feel like he. There were times when I was watching this where I felt like he was trying to go in a certain direction, and a lot of it was kind of like a trauma esque direction. Yeah. Like big deaths, lots of blood, creative blood baths of things. Like I thought all of that stuff was there. And I gotta give him credit for that. I think he just fails in like the story for one. Like I didn't I don't know what the point of all of this was. Probably like this review <laughs> that I'm giving right now. I don't even know where to start or where to end. <laughs> I just know that I liked a lot of the blood stuff. Okay. <laughs> I was really into the blood. Two, yeah. Two of those trucks. I'm two, done. I'm done. Go ahead. Two <laughs> trucks from Mike. Next up, let's go to Kyle. Uh yeah, this um yeah, this is a really hard movie for me to 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 rate because like if I were to look at it on paper, yeah, it's like I think it's a bad movie. I don't think the writing's very good. There are some catchy bits of dialogue and stuff, but it also is like ridiculous, and I, I, I'm not quite prepared to say it's so bad. It's good. I think it's so bad right now, and maybe if I watch it a few more times, I might find pick up on more stuff that I will just end up being beaten into submission into laughing at because it's so <laughs> so ridiculous. Um, but yeah, I, I, this is a movie I would honestly would be very happy to see remade, and it, it, it's funny that we are going to play the remake game because I did think this while watching. It. I was like, this this could be a good movie. In the future, my cast will not reflect that, of course. But uh, I think overall, I'm gonna agree with Mike. I'm gonna give it. Well, I'm gonna give it two and a half. I'm gonna go middle of the road because it isn't a good movie, but it isn't completely terrible. But yeah, it is. I don't know, <laughs> Chris. That's my. I'm done. Hi. <laughs> Hi. I fucking love this movie, dude. Of course you <laughs> <I> do. <laughs> I've always liked this movie. Um, I've seen it probably two or three times now. Um, and I always like get more pleasure out of it every time I watch it. <laughs> Seriously, it like like I'm never disappointed ever, and I always see a scene that I missed the from the last time. And uh, so no, I mean yeah, you're right though. It's 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 not a great film, but I, I I love the idea that it's Stephen King's only film that he's directed, 
and it is one of his stories and the whole backstory that I didn't know about his condition on set and like everything that went down, like now going back, like and thinking about all the stuff I just saw, I'm like, holy shit, they pulled off a lot actually. Like yeah. there's a ton of explosions. There's like, there are like a good amount of death scenes. There is a lot of action and stunts involved in this film. People going through windows and of cars and shit. Like, it's crazy. And like, yeah, the characters are like not developed at all. But, you know, I like Emilio. I liked Repo Man. I got a Repo Man vibe on this film for some reason. Um, I think all the other characters were enjoyable. Uh, Brett's not that memorable, but everybody else, I think, did a really good job. Love the kid story interjected into it, which I think is a kind of a Stephen King staple. Um, so like there's a lot I can find that I like about this film. I like that the trucks were even like given character. Like they like they're given personalities and you actually like get a uh, feeling when they're on screen, the way they shoot it. The cinematography was really great. It puts you in like, it, it's, it's actually almost too good for this movie. I feel like, but it, but it helped bring those stunts to life. So I'm going to give this, uh, what are we rating it again? I forgot. Our green goblin, green goblin truck, green goblin trucks. I'm going to give this four green goblin Jesus. trucks. Four green goblin. Trucks. You know, he, he can I just say he did bring up something that I wanted to touch on. He said yeah, he was he was really excited. He thinks it's really cool that this is Stephen King's only movie directed. I agree. I think it is very cool having seen this that he hasn't made anything else. I'm no, very happy about that. I fact. also would like to. I would also like <laughs> very to state, happy. I would uh, like, that Stephen King has commented on this film and uh, he said that this is the the film that is most the worst film adapted from any of his stuff. <laughs> He's going to say, and he will never direct again because of he's trying to save the audience. <laughs> well, I'll thank him for his one gift that he left to the film really community. A remake game after this, yeah. yeah. We remake, well, Cody needs to we recast this podcast. His... <laughs> what are you talking about? Or I'm allowed to like this movie. Yeah, Fuck so you. you're allowed to. I'll go next. You're allowed to like Return to Oz. I'll go next. Uh, uh... <laughs> It's calling him out. Love you, Mike. I'm 12, just too. 12 year old Cody is still in love with this movie. Um, I still love like adult Cody has a hard time sometimes. Like I would be like, God damn it. But then like someone gets knocked into the head with a soda can at like a high rate of speed. And I'm like, I'm back in. I'm back in. Cause 12 year old me just gets excited about killer trucks. There's something about killer trucks. That's exciting. And I can't help but watch it and enjoy it every time. Yeah. There's a lot of things that I bash on it for because they need to be bashed on. But overall, this film is just enjoyable to me. Uh, I really enjoy it. So I'm going to give it actually a three and a half. Hey, all right. Fuck yeah. So I'm the asshole yet again. Or I'm the asshole. <laughs> the asshole for giving it so, <laughs> such for high regards. <laughs> All right, so let's just jump into it. Let's jump into the remake game. Let's right. do it. I'm ready. Let's uh, figure out what everybody, uh, how they are going to go with the direction of their film. Sure. And uh, who they would cast. I feel like this doesn't. Yeah, who, would, who would direct it. Oh, he loved this film so much, he's going to cast it the same <laughs> way. It doesn't need to be a thought. So what I want to know is, uh, Kyle, I want to know who you casted as uh, Bill, who your Bill is. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. We have to talk about direction first. Okay. Uh, Should we start with director and work already? No, no, he's yeah. direction. Yeah, like, direction. where are you going to Because you're going to say direction. that. Direction. Yeah, like, it, like, like my entire cast I'm reflects the direction. Like the director yeah, describes no, so my cast. the direction. I, I, I'm, I'm remaking this movie as is. So you're doing, okay, like, then, with then new cast would, and, and a better director. Can we start with a director? Are you, then? Wait, are you doing, like, a shot for shot remake, like a, a psycho? No, it's not going to be a shot for shot remake, but okay. it's going to be a remake. I'm not going to completely change the would story. No, would it be, like, more. Okay, let me ask you this. More horror heavy or comedy? Why don't you just let me read off my shit? Yeah. <laughs> we'll why, why, are we, why are we making are we, this more how, difficult how we doing than this? We're going be. around, we're going one by Let's one. Let's just start with directors. Director, I'll go first. I think, is first. Yeah. First, Frank Darabont. He has proven himself to be able to take Stephen King's work and translate it into a really fantastic film. So, so you're going with like a hardcore adaptation of. He doesn't do a hard. Frank Darabont doesn't do a hardcore. He injects his own personality into it. And I'm not. I'm not going with any kind of. I'm not thinking of style. That's all on you. I'm just remaking this movie. I'm not going to think about you're all that. Ter- you're a terrible. You're not. A I'm a fantastic producer. You're ter- you work for Warner Brothers. Uh, Chris, who's 
who would you pick to direct to that? direct the film? Yeah. The the first person that came to mind immediately was George Miller, the guy who did the Mad Max. Yeah, uh, yeah that's a great oh, fucking choice, actually. Yeah. But God, like, damn. think Way about think about what he's capable of doing after seeing Mad Max, and then and then going into a film like this that's a little more low key, but. Like you could, I mean, he's proven himself with destruction and vehicles, and I think that this could be a good thing. That's to a great riff, choice. Riff on. Yeah, that's a going, really fucking great going choice. A very different direction. <laughs> I'm going so different than everybody yeah, else. Yeah. What do you <laughs> mean different? different? What do you mean different? He's no, just him. I'm just there. saying he's going, he's going a different direction than my my next. Pick. That's good because you're gonna get yeah. a certain movie out of that director, Kyle. What do you mean? You're gonna get a certain movie yeah. out, of, right? So that obviously is going to reflect the direction of the film. Yeah, that yeah. Be going Would you in. pick Stephen King? Who? Fuck no. No, I, I listen. I went 2016 on this. Okay. Who's next? Me. Yeah. All right. Mike. I went with Kyle's pick as well. I went with Frank Darabont. There you go. Reason being. Wow. Well, reason being. Let me tell you theme why. Here. This was a lot. <laughs> a good like, film. That's what the first of all. Right. He, he he's great at adapting his stuff. Yes. He's already been proven to do that. Right. It has things of the mist in it, which he actually did direct. And also, this does have a feeling of like a Night of the Living Dead. Which, which what did he create? Walking Dead. He started that show, whole show up. Yeah, he did that for the first like what five right. seasons. Or he some did it shit? until he got fed up. I guess I don't know what yeah. he did. He, did. he just didn't like the direction of where it was going, and then he quit. Yeah. But I mean, he's already proven this. So I mean, yeah, mine would be a strict. Um, to go in direction. Yeah, it's gonna be strict drama. Okay. Going strict drama on this. Okay. One. All right. I went with the comedy route. Actually. Do it. Go for and it. I went Glad with, with Paul Feig. Okay. And what has Paul Feig done? Bridesmaids, uh, the new Ghostbusters is about yeah. to come out. Okay. Um, okay. I went with him because I want to give him like I want to give you like I want to give him like here's an hard here's a hard R, but I want your comedy in it. Mm. Here's right. a hard R, and I want your comedy. I like it. Okay. So, uh, who's your Bill, Kyle? Well, this film wouldn't even make sense without a little bit of comedy to it. So my Bill is James Franco. Well, that's a good bill. I like that. I wish I would have thought of that. I wish I would have thought. Oh, I'm close. <laughs> I'm not far. Did you do his brother? <laughs> Chris, <Okay>. your bill. <laughs> Can I change mine to, no. to James Franco? <laughs> oh, fuck off. <laughs> you no. go with what you picked. All right. Well, that's my cho- real choice. But uh, I, I was thinking more like kind of goofy on this one. I was. Uh, I, I put down two actually. I put down Ben Foster, like a younger Ben Foster. Okay. Ben Foster. And then I also put down um, Shia LaBeouf. Wait, you got two bills in your movie? <laughs> Interesting. This was my. He was my second choice, but it spelled out Shania LaBeouf in my phone. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to refer to him as Shia LaBeouf. Shania LaBeouf. Shania LaBeouf. <laughs> Who was your director again? James Franco. No, no. <laughs> oh, sorry. That was my bill, right? He could do he it, so though. on James Franco now. So good. Wait. <laughs> that would be perfect for, for It the... was the guy who did Mad Max, right? Yeah, George right, Miller. Right, George Miller, yeah. George Miller. Your bill. My bill was uh, Michael B. Jordan. Oh! I just like Michael B. Jordan and everything. Yeah, he's That's good. I just want to see him in everything. That'd be a good choice. Yeah. That'd for a drama, choice. I think he's fantastic. For a drama, yeah. That's, yeah. A, better, that's a better direction. Yeah. I went with uh, Paul Rudd. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Really, yeah. guys? Little, Mission Fifty, little, but listen. all right. <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't look it. No, he definitely doesn't. He looks like the same way he looked in Clueless. Yeah. He does not look like he's. Pu- <laughs> that's my thing. He does not look like he's pushing fifty, and he's proven in Ant Man that he can kind of play a little bit of an action role. Agreed. Okay. Agreed. So he can play like the, he can kind of play it like uh, you know a smart ass. I'm looking at a smart ass Bill, who's you know just got out of prison. All right, uh, you're Bubba. Well, you know, I, uh, I I love every time this actor plays an asshole and a bad guy. So I went with Gary Oldman. Oh, nice, good choice. But I feel like my choice might be better. Let's feel that way. Of course, your choice would be better. I feel like he throws Gary Oldman in every remake he does. <laughs> he loves Gary. Oldman. Oh, I'm sorry. He's a good actor. Fuck Gary you. Oldman. Let's get Daniel Day Lewis. You know there. who can play a good nah, lassie? <laughs> Gary Oldman. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel Day Lewis's face as the the Green Goblin truck. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, you're Bubba. Sorry, uh, Bubba. I put down John Goodman. Oh, I thought that too. I thought that choice. Was, uh, I think he, he he could do he could go he could go comedy or he could go serious yeah, drama. Definitely. Yeah. Mike? I fucking agree. I said John Goodman yeah. as well. Whoa, see, drama. this is crazy. We don't yeah, always we don't always disagree. Yeah. These are connecting <laughs> today. Uh, mine was J.K. Simmons. 
Okay. Good one. Yeah. Oh, that's a really like good that one. Well. For, yeah. for the way my movie's going, I feel mm-hmm. like, you know, it's it's actually J.K. Simmons is good. good. I, I'm stealing that one, too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, your Brett. Give me your Brett. <laughs> Kyle, I'm ready for your Brett. My Brett is uh, Mia Kunis. Oh, okay. good choice. Ah, good, good choice. Good. There you go. Nothing else needs to be said. Chris? And- <laughs> 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 Done. <laughs> Yeah, I put down Anna Kendrick. Okay, cool. Yeah. Kendrick Lamar. I would like to see her in a little. <laughs> yeah, Kendrick Lamar. I'd like to see her in a little bit more of like a offbeat but badass kind of role. All right, yeah, definitely. Of course, of course you. Do I can it. see it. Who'd you go with? Okay, Mike. sorry to go back into the stories that I've heard about this film, but originally uh, uh, Stephen King wanted to cast a tomboy in this, right? Hillary Swank. You went with Hillary Swank. No, no, no. Uh, Dina De Laurentiis said no. Fuck that. Any they went with. Uh, uh, Laura Hen- Harrington, but I feel like if I had Frank Darabont on my crew, he'd be like, "No, I'm doing a strict, a strict story, right?" So I went with Rooney Mara, who Who's was that? in the girl from Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Ooh, okay. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, I thought yeah, like I'm kind of yeah. going that that okay, route. I want to cool. keep her that's like a, a real choice. hardcore tomboy. That's actually yeah, a really that would damn totally good choice. Yeah, that would fit into the George Miller version of this. Yeah, yeah that that would too. Totally. Way, Chris. Yeah, why don't you take that that one as well? I'll I'll borrow that. Uh, I went with uh, for my Brett. I went with Olivia Munn. Okay, right? Oh, she's Give, terrible sure. on X Men. <laughs> Jesus, she's bad. Why? That's why. She that's why I'm giving her this movie. So redeem yourself. I'm saying, give. I'm, I'm giving her this movie. Redeem herself with a little bit of a horror comedy. Yeah, yeah. You got to go what back to that genre. Been, yeah. Attack of the you show. You gotta learn a few things. Yeah. yeah. No, you know what? She was good in the news. Go, go somewhere where you can what? screw the up. Newsroom. Yep. <laughs> you know. Plus, Brett still look cool. Brett, Brett's not the biggest character. In my movie, too. She's not. Yeah. Nah. So. All right. So, here we go. This is getting. In, this is where it gets important, right? You got to. I feel like you have to. Power couple in this one is Curtis and Connie. So you got to build a good couple. I got okay. it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Because oh, Curtis. And- <laughs> Nathan Lane and Robin Williams. <laughs> We're going straight for a on this film. And Curtis is the sidekick too. So you got to have a good sidekick. And I felt like he was a little bit of the comedy relief. So. Who is your Curtis, Kyle? <laughs> I don't even want to say. Donnie Wahlberg. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Why not? This is where he just gave up on casting. <laughs> he did. Donnie Wahlberg. I hope somebody says Vanilla Ice in this one. <laughs> Chris? Um, Curtis, Seth Green. Oh, okay. Man, I would hate him. All right. I fucking hate that actor. <laughs> Jesus. I think if you put him he in a little bit more of a... such an annoying person. Uh, but the, okay. the, they're, they're, they're pretty annoying as a couple. That's kind of how I saw. They're pretty yeah. annoying as a couple. Yeah. Okay. Mike. Here's what I came up with: the direction. We're going back to the direction. Yes. Got okay. To. A pivotal setting in this movie is that it takes place in the South, North mm. Carolina, right? Yeah. So I saw it as a really young couple, like a 15 year old, 16 year old couple. Okay. okay. So I went with Tom Holland. Oh, nice. As Curtis. Yeah. Okay. Spider-Man in the new Civil War, young kid, good actor, showed his acting chops in that film. That's my choice. I went with a box office hit. Oh, there we go. Vin uh, Diesel? No, he may not oh. he may not may have made a lot of good movies, but I'm hoping this Vin is the Diesel. one. I'm hoping this is the one. Adam <laughs> Sandler. My Curtis is Kevin Hart. Oh, okay. My right. Curtis is Kevin That's Hart. That's actually a damn good choice. Not bad. I like oh, it for a comedy. Good. Yeah, I'm putting, I'm putting, I'm putting the. It's a good together. choice. That's a good choice. You had one so far. That's been good. Good job. Who is your Connie? <laughs> Sophia Ver- Vergara. Oh, wow. What? Okay. <laughs> interesting choice. That's actually, an interesting one. Yeah, I like. There's a dichotomy of the two characters. Yeah, there. it certainly is. <laughs> I've got. Yeah, yeah. I like you that. have a the lesser known Wahlberg <laughs> <laughs> and the girl from Modern Family. <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. That'd be good. Whatever. Chris? Well, to play opposite of Seth Green, I put Amy Schumer. Okay. Oh, I like it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's see that. That is cool. Mike? Uh, going with the young people, I went with Maisie Williams. She's the, uh, please, Aria in uh, Game of oh, okay. Thrones. Yep. Yeah. She's like 14, 15. Yeah. Uh, my Connie may be not a popular choice, but I don't care. I went with Leslie Jones to play opposite of Kevin Hart. Okay. I went with uh, a bi- I went with a bigger woman than he would because he's like three feet tall. Yeah, I just thought tall, she's like the visual of that would be fun to play <laughs> off with, and how loud she is also would match what um, 
uh, yearly, yearly, whatever her name is, did. Cool. No. Well, there you go. An odd silence follows that game. So. <laughs> there it is. There's our yeah. remakes. Well, who's won? Who's had the best remake? I think Mike made How do we one, decide? actually. I think, I'm just saying personal know. choice. I like Chris's picks, too. Personal choice. I liked all, every, something from everyone. Personal, personal, yeah, but see, I don't feel like a lot of his, I just see, I think he had a good cast. Just mismatched with, I don't feel like that director would be great for that cast. His is, Mike's is great if he's going straight drama. Oh, I think Mike's is, is, is I the feel best like, one. I feel like mine is also leaning way more towards drama, but with a little more comedic yeah. elements still left over. There are no winners in this game. Uh, well, there's yeah. got to be. The I'm fans will decide. The you fans guys, and you know what? You guys can let us know in the comments and let us know whose you thought was the best recast. I want to recast this. You want to recast the recast you just did? <laughs> yeah, I don't blame <laughs> you. Recast. Why? Because <laughs> you know what I want? Recast. Because I had, the, you know I had I the right director, but you guys had all the right actors. All right, guys, that's our show for this week. Uh, Make sure you follow us on social media at ColdFilm underscore review. You follow uh, that's on Twitter and on Instagram. You can also follow us on Facebook. Uh, Please subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you listen, and please rate us also wherever you listen and and iTunes. And leave a comment. Yeah, it really helps us out, um, and it helps us be seen. So help us be seen. seen. Yeah, I don't know why I said it like that. (laughs) Okay, this is weird. Um, you can follow Mike at, at Mike Salucio on Twitter, and uh, I'm writing everywhere now, I guess. Yeah, where are you writing now? I'm writing at uh, Modern Times Magazine. Dot com. Some stuff going on there. Yeah. I'm still on the blog, kind of. You know what I mean? Get the blog going, might, too. Might, might just, you know. What's the name of that blog again? I can't remember anymore. Friendly Neighborhood Filmmaking. I haven't been there in so long. <laughs> <laughs> it's like an old friend. The old, the old Friendly old Neighborhood. Friend. You brush the cobwebs him. off that blog. <laughs> I recollect a long time ago. <laughs> He, he writes by candlelight and with a quill. <laughs> yep, I do. <laughs> you can follow Chris. You can go to Midnight Releasing and check out some upcoming uh, in- independent horror films. Uh, we've got this awesome movie, movie of the, of the week. week. Yeah. Dude, there's always a movie of the week. Always. We've got, uh, actually, we've got uh, some interesting stuff coming out that we don't usually do. We've got a documentary about Donald Trump and the Heinz ketchup family and how they're from the same town. They are? That's the documentary that about. Is yeah. that, that a factual from the thing? same town? This sounds yeah. like a really interesting documentary. <laughs> it's super. It's it, no. It's it, it, it's just a. Uh, it, you know, it, it's fascinating to hear about like the family, the history of the Trumps, and the history of the Heinz family. That reminds me, Marla Maples is in this as an extra in Maximum Overdrive. She oh. plays like girl number two. See, I think it's like the first wife of Donald Trump. Yeah. But the horror movie that's coming out real quick. If you want to hear about a horror Sorry. movie, Knuckle Bones, check it out. I'm pretty sure you've, you've said Knuckle Bones before, but still go check it hey, out. Yeah, if you like it, and go you for two it. Two shoutouts. Sure, Tell yeah. everybody, but I want everyone to know. You can follow Kyle. You can follow me on Instagram at cultfilm underscore Kyle, and also on Twitter at that same name. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at cultfilm underscore Cody. Although uh, I never post anything. No, you don't. Nope. Never. Because I'm too busy running this podcast. You like retweeting <laughs> though. <laughs> yeah. Into the retweeting. into the ground. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. So guys, just remember if you're going to join a cult, make sure they watch good movies. We'll see you next week. 